Welcome back. It's Loud and Uninformed, episode 8. We've had a nice little vacation, holiday time. Um, I was all over the U.S., up in Philly, Vermont, Chicago. Had a good time. What about you guys? Where were you bouncing around? I uh, was local for a, for a brief a brief part for actual Christmas in the uh, Northern Virginia area and then popped up to New Hampshire, which is lovely this time of year. It is. Vermont I went to good. Gloucester for a couple weeks and that was it. Stayed local. That's nice. Nice. Any any holiday traditions that you guys enjoy? No. I thought it was pretty cool how when they uh, when he missed the field goal this year, it was right on the ball drop. I thought that was pretty funny. So hopefully that becomes one. But yeah, they should make that a tradition every single year that the college football playoff game has to end exactly at midnight. Cool, <laughs> right? They set off confetti, the whole thing. It's nice. It's festive. Yeah, that kicker literally started a year worse than you possibly could. Terrible. <laughs> like Terrible. the worst possible way. Um, so yeah, we can hop right Not right his in. fault though, but we'll get into that. Yes, I, I'm also on that side. But um, let's hop right into the college football playoffs. So I... Funny enough, because I was in Chicago, I, I was at a loud and uninformed meet and greet at a bar with two listeners and then a whole bunch of other people that were <laughs> that were recruiting to listen to loud and uninformed. But, Tiny headshots. But even though I was in Chicago, which had a ton of Michigan fans at the bar, there was two brave TCU fr- fans that were sitting at our table and they were going nuts the oh, entire sorry. game. Like, this was this was an incredible showing. I'd like to, you know, pat myself on the back. And I'll pat Jeeb on the back, too, because Ohio State played well. But I'll pat myself on the back. I said TC was going to win this game. And they did exactly what they had to. Come out and score early and then make it into a shootout. And it was the ultimate shootout in my mind. But I must say that the defense held up in a way that I don't think any of us could have anticipated. Well, the holding up is an interesting way to say that they gave up, what, like 50? (laughs) Yeah, but that's where we are in college football, where like elite offense beats elite defense. And TCU's defense is responsible for 14 points, uh, and and they made stops when they need to. And every uh, every... Every touchdown, it felt like this entire, for both of the games, felt like it was a 50-yard touchdown pass. There's just no, for whatever reason, I, are they not playing too high? I, I don't know what's going on. Um, but for whatever reason, it's just explosive play, explosive play. So considering when Georgia gave up 40, Ohio State gave up 40, Michigan gave up just as many, I did not expect TCU's defense. Like It felt like it was going to be an outclassing, and it just wasn't. I think, I mean, there, there, there has been a... You know, they say college offenses innovate, the NFL takes the good parts and everything like that and evolves over time. I think we're in a in a point right now where college football offenses are just so much further ahead of the defenses in terms of innovation um, and yeah. how they play. Because I, I think you're – I get where you're coming from. TCU defense didn't play bad, and the fact that they were going into the second half with a pretty big lead <laughs> yeah. was, was proof to that. Um but there, there is something, and maybe, maybe it's just because you also think about this in the NFL. Suddenly, out of nowhere, taking wide receivers in the top ten has become like the best value pick you can possibly do. And maybe just the best athletes now are playing wide receiver. <laughs> you know, like no, I think you're probably that. That's actually I hadn't even thought about that, but that's probably what it is. I think inflating wide receiver contracts, everybody's going that way. I mean, if you're a six foot, you know, one eighty run a four, four, like you're playing receiver, you know, like you're much less likely to be playing corner or safety or something like that. Wide receiver is the glamor position right now. I'd, I'd want to be there. Mm-hmm. You put those stick gloves on and you could get in front of the jug machine for an hour and you just learn how to catch. <laughs> Did you guys see that one where the glove actually stuck so hard to the football that they had to take it off with the glove? What, what yeah. game was that? I don't know, but I know what you're talking about, and I don't think that's legal. Like exactly. that, that has to be like a pine tar type of thing. Like there's no way you're allowed to do that. When I, I was younger, I don't know. Do you guys remember cutters? And that was like the whole thing when they got banned because they were too sticky. That was like a big. I do remember that. Yeah, but even they, like, you wouldn't have to take your no, glove no, of off. Course not. <laughs> I think something must have happened. You know, or it maybe, is amazing what gloves can do. It's when I'm wearing football gloves. It's like, how does anybody ever drop a ball if it's not raining? Because if it's raining, it there's work. no chance you can hold on to it. But 
Yeah, and I mean, my whole, like, maybe the gloves have gone and, you know, it's unfair to the records they're breaking because guys didn't used to have them, but, like, A, back in the 70s, they used to end up just literally putting glue on their hands. So that was a thing. But also, like, the D-backs can wear the gloves, too. So as long as both sides can wear the gloves, then... In the 70s, they were smoking cigs in the locker room at halftime and eating Big Macs after the game. I don't really... I don't think the gloves are really... Consuming salt packets instead of water on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Get rehydrated. Um, Get off the field. Have yourself a highball. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, but I, I... the Georgia Ohio State game was awesome, and we'll touch on it in a second. But I think this TCU Michigan game might have been the most entertaining game I had ever seen. Like the third quarter alone had like thirty plus points scored. Yeah, it, was, it was like 40. it was in the forties. I was crazy. Uh, I was staying in my parents' house with eighteen people, probably two and a half people that cared at all about football. And by the end of the game, all eighteen gathered around the TV on the edge of their seats, just waiting to see what happened. And I think that's like, I mean, that's awesome on that stage too. The playoffs historically suck so hard. So I don't, I don't know if this is turning the page into a new era of parody in college football. Um, I kind of started to have that theory when Alabama and Clemson started to fall off a little bit. Um, And who knows, maybe, maybe when we're looking back at this year in reference and Georgia ends up being the national champion, we don't necessarily see it as like, a super parody filled season, but man, it feels like, you know, big 12 teams are, are punching well that different kinds of teams are at least competitive. Yeah. The um, big 10 sucks. They lost both games. Big big 10 10 sucks eggs, big 10 turns the big out. I don't know. Like the, the big, t- you have to get like <laughs> Ohio state honestly looked like the best team. Yeah. Of all the teams on oh, Saturday, right. Sunday, what day was it? Sunday. I mean, Georgia, Georgia has to rely on Stetson Bennett looking like 2018 Patty Mahomes just to beat them. I mean, he put the – He also just did some really dumb shit. Like, he – you can't say anything bad about Georgia's offense because they scored 42 points, I guess. But they – Georgia did not look good at all. They kept getting put into – we can't just look at the box score. I mean, you guys were watching the game beginning to end, I'm sure. They kept getting put in ridiculous field position – the defense kept coming up with like with, with ways to get them into good spots and just, you know, it did not look like they were. So I agree with you, Jeeb. I don't, I don't think that the offense looked really good. I kept seeing uh really funny tweets about like Stetson Bennett is going to be a hell of an insurance broker in about three years with that. Just dog. <laughs> with that, like that, you know, he might own a couple car dealerships down in Athens. <laughs> be a legend. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be an announcer. He's going to be like Kirk Herbstreet. Hmm. That's that would be a pretty cool path to go down, but I think I he should heard him talk. <laughs> more money is in running car dealerships. Yeah. Um. Now the the game was great. I totally disagree with you guys. I think that you guys think Ohio State was the best team on the day, just like you guys thought Ohio State was better than Michigan after. They- who, who do you think was the best team? I think Georgia was. I think they got smacked in the face a little bit at the start, and. You know, Ohio State played awesome, like no doubt about it. They had a good month, and they prepared better than I think Georgia. And I think Ryan Day coached Kirby in that game. I agree. Um, what did he say coming off the halftime? He was like, when they scored that that late touchdown or whatever before half, he was like, I knew Kirby was going to run that, so I ran the play. <laughs> Reverse it. Like, that's just – that's all coaching. And, you know, I'll give the Ohio State fans some, some leeway. Marvin Harrison was destroying that game, and when he went out, which you can call it an unfair non-call targeting. Um, it changed the dynamic of the game because Georgia defense then was free firing, get played single coverage and didn't have to double coverage of receiver on the outside. But I mean, like they come in the second half and then the last drive of the game, they had a minute and 40 seconds left Georgia and they scored in 40. <laughs> it was like, it was, it was like, guys, you scored too fast. That's like, yeah, they're too bad. I, I wanted to see them run, I, as I, I'm not a Georgia fan, but I had some financial interest in Georgia winning. (laughs) And I wanted to see them run. They scored with a fucking minute left. All Ohio State needs is a field goal. And look at the way they've been moving the ball. Um, I think Ohio State's offensive line was the best unit on the field because they were able to keep Georgia in check. Jalen Carter didn't make an impact at all, it seems. I don't think we didn't hear his name much at all for a guy who's going to be a top five pick. Uh, that was pretty crazy. Um, they didn't Sean, get pressure. Sean, if they made the field goal, 
Would you stand by that statement? That they skirted by, that Ohio State skirted by at the end, that they well, gave Georgia up. skirted by as long as they gave up a big lead. But I really but think it, watching that game, you said Georgia is the better, like is definitely the better team here. I walked away doing that because they walked into the game being the better team yes. and they walked away with the victory. Yes. And I would say that they played worse than they had all season and Ohio State played a hell of a game and they still couldn't win. So definitely the talent was a little overmatched. But I agree with Jeeb. I think watching the games, I it felt like Ohio State was the most dominant on either side of the ball of all four of those teams. And it was just, a you know, unlucky. It is. And CJ Stroud, to get a pat on the back, like he he upped his draft value a lot. And we'll get Huge. it maybe another episode when we get back into NFL draft stuff. We can talk about that. But um, I mean, Bryce Young also played great in their bowl game. He had he made some incredible passes. The big knocks on CJ Stroud were that he couldn't really move very well. And I mean, he silenced those and then some in that game. Well, not that he couldn't move well, that he couldn't throw while on the move. And well, there's also a lot that he wasn't necessarily like this mobile kind of quarterback that everybody just kind of assumes that he is kind of based on every quarterback that comes out of Ohio State and just like generally like where we are right now with quarterbacks. Um, and but historically, he'd kind of been more of a pocket passer and wasn't necessarily creating much on the ground. And uh, by the end of the game there, he looked great. He moved in the pocket really, really well. I think he has unbelievable touch uh, he'll he's definitely going to be at least the second quarterback off the board now and i think that will levis was gonna be second if cj stroud didn't play like that i think will levis has dropped off for a bit i think stroud and young have been at the top but i think now there's a scenario where they go one two or one three like at the very top of the draft instead of them like, like- whereas i thought they might have gone like after five yeah. <laughs> a little previously but but you know we'll see We'll see where that shakes up. Um, what do you guys think for the national title game? You think TCU's got a shot? God, I hope so. <laughs> no, I don't think they do. It, it's a good story, um, but the talent gap, I think, is just too much. I think Sonny Dykes, he's a really good coach. Like He's definitely the, the coach of the year. Um, but it, the, the talent gap is, is, I think, a little bit too much to overcome. Uh, it was all they, they had to get quite honestly, they got lucky against Michigan a little bit, I think. Um, and it, that's not going to be enough to beat Georgia. Georgia, I don't know, I, I think they might cover because they are a frisky team, they fight, but I, they're not gonna, I don't think they're gonna win. Maybe, maybe staring at the hypnotoad for too long, but I'm in on TCU to win this game because I think. If you guys thought Ohio State was the best team on the field, what did they do? They aired it out. They they were killing it, Georgia, in that way. And TCU is a very well-coached team. Like you said, Sonny Dykes is one hell of a coach. And I think they're going to be able to scheme some ways to get some of those Georgia defensive players that are just supposed to be these game wreckers out of the way. And I think TCU's got a real shot. Now, saying that, I still think their defense is going to need to score at least seven points <laughs> for them to win this game and maybe – some good special teams play go their way or something like that. Like, I, I don't think I agree. The talent gap is a little bit wide, but I don't know. I'm riding with TCU. I think Max Duggan, he won't be the best pro quarterback, but I think he's right now playing like the best college football quarterback. So I saw somebody yeah. say that his complete and utter disregard for his own health makes him one of the yep. fun, most fun players to watch. Um, but I I think Sean that you're you kind of hit the nail on the head with the whole how, how do you scheme up ways to neutralize Georgia's game wreckers early and Ohio State did it they had Jalen Carter chasing plays all over the place and he could barely like play by the end of it he was on the yeah. sidelines getting oxygen all through the fourth quarter because he like he he was he behind the whole time they were running these screens anything to make him run and I think that that even just having that film and that kind of game plan and watching it work nine days before and then trying to figure out how to do it. I think to your guys' point, Sonny Dykes is as equipped to do that as anybody. Um, and I hope it will be close, but I'm, I'm, I'm going with Georgia here. If Georgia scored, they come out as the weapons. To, Gee, do we have a line it. yet? It opened at 15 and a half. I think it's down to 12 and a half now. Wow. Um, so if that's you want to get TCU, you might want to pop that, on that. Are those the longest odds in recent Listen, national championship memory? 
What was uh, Alabama Notre Dame? That had to be a closer, pretty though, because Notre Dame was um, number one in the country. They were undefeated. Yeah, but Alabama was still a huge favorite. I'm going to Google that. They might have. They might have been. But what I'm going to say here is, you can have talk about the talent gap in college football to exist, but the talent gap decided football games. Tulane would not have beaten USC. The That's other day. True. College football is a wild sport, and you had one of the programs with the smallest Division One football budget beat one of the top five largest with the brand new Lincoln Riley coach and the best and the Heisman winner and everything like that. So I don't I think that's, that. I think TCU's good. They've got talent too. It's not like they're like Tulane that didn't really have much, but like the coaching, I think they got kids that know that probably this is their biggest moment. Like Max Duggan, this is probably his life's biggest moment. A lot of guys on Georgia are thinking about their paychecks. That's true. Upcoming and stuff like that. So that's why I'm riding with TCU. And I think the talent gap is overrated at times. Fair enough. I, I, my, so my we, we should talk about the USC uh, Tulane game really quickly. I loved watching that happen. I love watching USC get beat on the last play of the game. a better program for that to happen to. <laughs> exactly. Um, but to pretend like USC was completely – like that wasn't a, a letdown spot for USC after – yeah. kind of blowing their chances at the playoff. You know, we, we got That's what I'm with- saying. The talent gap there was immense and you they were still heavily favored and like they didn't win. Yeah, but it was in the grand scheme of things a meaningless bowl. Like anything that's not the playoff is a meaningless bowl. And like so are you on team get rid of every other bowl? No, I'm on team expand the playoff. So that we don't have and, these and then get bowls. rid of any other bowl? Yeah, uh, no, because it's cool. It's like the the group of five schools do care, and some of the low power, not even a lot of the low power five schools care, but like the group of five schools do get invested, and it's cool for them to play. So definitely let them play. But, but I would say to you, Jeev, I would agree with you that'd be a letdown for USC if they didn't even show up and like they were losing by ten in the fourth quarter. They lost this game in the last four minutes of the game. They were up two scores. And the <laughs> announcers loved talking about how Caleb yeah. Williams refuses to give up on his team and will play. Yeah, they were up two scores and gave up another touchdown. Like, that wasn't a letdown. That was USC completely fumbling the bag. <laughs> I will, I will though, in, in, in a little defense, if, when we're talking about talent gap between – I think the talent gap between – Georgia is so elite at every single position group where USC was kind of built like the Oklahoma teams of recent memory. They didn't necessarily have a very good defense and their best running back was hurt, blah, blah, blah. There obviously was still a massive talent gap gap between them and Tulane. Um, But when I think when you, when we're talking about national championship teams and just NFL players up and down the roster, a coach that has been there before all of that, that's the only thing that we really have reference for as a, as a national championship winning team in the last like 10, 15 years. So I would love for TCU to change that, but I think it's kind of the whole, like, you know, you know, that stretch in the NBA where it was like, your team's only going to win if they have LeBron or like Steph, KD and Draymond. And it was just kind of like, that's going to be true until it's not. Um, so I would love for that to no longer be true in college football, but I think when you're looking at the two teams, it's it's just it's too big. Yeah, I think yep, so. I, think I mean, we'll brighter. see. I mean, yeah, Sean, Sean's been right before; he'll be right again. There's a bright <laughs> future for TCU. Like their talent level is only going to go up. I think this year is going to get there. The Sunny Dykes stay. Oh yeah, I think he'll stay. I think the alumni will. St- kind of get together because they don't have a huge NIL collective, but they do have a lot of money. So I only imagine that this is going to get money into the football program. It will. I just hope that they retain talent and they don't lose it to the transfer portal. When I think if Sonny Dykes stay, they'll all stay. I'd be more worried about like, what if, you know, like there's plenty of schools inside the state of Texas that are much bigger than TCU that are in need of a head coach. And then not very far away either. So, um, I don't know. I, he's he's not going to go to Texas A&M. How, how, how often do you hear about a coach from a school that's not really considered super upper echelon 
who has a great season and then he stays because he desperately wants to build something there like it never happens. So I don't know. In my mind, I think he's going to leave. Where would he go, oh, though? I don't go anywhere. He'd go to the NFL. You go to a different college team. Like, it's such yeah, a reason. I think he'll go to the NFL. Like, he's a he's kind of a Matt Rule. He's Matt Rule. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, but Matt Rule, that didn't work out in the NFL. I think, I hope that he's going to want to stay in college football. And I hope he stays at TCU. I don't think there's, like, a big program where he'd, he'd rather be. He's from – where is he from, actually? You don't, don't think really he'd go to A&M? Also, no, right now, though, I think the carousel. Show, I would. Your <laughs> carousel's kind of passed where the jobs that you would leave TCU for have been taken. So I think, I think it might be like, um, who just went to Wisconsin from Cincinnati? How fickle? It might take another year. Like last year, fickle was in the playoffs. Yeah, didn't take the Notre Dame job because he didn't want to leave his team in the playoffs. Yeah, Sony Dykes. I'm not saying was getting recruited at the time like that, but like. It probably yeah. takes another cycle before he leaves. So I think he'll be coach for another it's year. It's not a question of Michigan whether might open up. knocking. It's a question of whether or not he's going to either be like, these are my guys and I'm going to ride it out, or if he's just going to take the paycheck. And the only historical precedent we have is taking the paycheck. Yeah, but if there's anybody to do that, it seems like Sonny Dykes would be the guy. Like Jimbo – it's not like TCU's going to go here. the place. You're in the Big 12. You got, you know, the state of Texas recruiting. You're – if you're a high schooler coming out of Texas right now, TCU is the pl- uh, NIL side. Like, you want to go play with Arch Manning? Well, I don't, have fun with that Arch. Like, I don't know. I think that's the worst place he could have gone. Not the worst, but like, it would have been cool to see him go other places. I don't know. There's there's seven FBS schools in Texas, and I wouldn't put TCU <laughs> over over. I put them probably right now that i mean they've been a good program this is great for them this year but texas still dominates the state baylor i don't know if right now maybe tcu's so better than baylor but like baylor's been a big dog you have texas a&m sec school and then right next door you got lsu and oklahoma oh yeah <laughs> like like there's a lot of options right there texas is the hard you have the most talent in the state but it's the hardest <laughs> state to recruit in if you're not. And it's like, it's weird to be in a state where you're like, yeah, this is like not only big 12 territory, but it's also SEC territory. So it's not like anybody is unfamiliar with any piece of, of this going on the recruits, the, the schools, none of it. So I don't know if I were a betting man, I would say Sonny Dykes is not the head coach in 2025, but I think Sean's point is right. I think it might be a little late to move at this point for the next um, year. Do we talking about recruiting and uh, LSU came up? Jeep, do you want to? Do you have anything to say about LSU? About anything I mean, that's happened I I just think this is you know Brian Kelly gets a promotion. Um, LSU is, is probably a better job right now than Notre Dame is, uh, but you do have to deal with shit like this. Uh, <laughs> it, it is you describe funny. it in the most. Paraphrase it. You once told me on this podcast to paraphrase it. Uh, what happened? Uh, well, all you know is uh, the the Snapchat screenshot that was released. But basically, four coaches uh, got Kayshawn Boutte, Boutte, Boutte. Their best player. <laughs> their, their best player. Um, they got him in a hotel room with the direct, the 23-year-old female director of recruiting or something like that um and they they had i they they ran i, I don't know ex- the specifics use your imagination there but i'll i will say the director of recruiting deserves a pay raise and i think she's going to get one in the form of the lawsuit that she's about to file against <laughs> so i want to also say that this is all speculation <laughs> we I mean, don't it know. definitely happened it <laughs> <laughs> um, wouldn't be on twitter if it didn't happen that's what I'm they say ryan kelly is very distanced from the good catholic boy he was at notre dame i wonder how much Dang. advertising money we lost because somebody said on our podcast and then didn't even paraphrase what happened <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. that is what happened that wasn't a paraphrase all right guys let's talk a little bit of nfl um 
obviously pretty frightening stuff that happened Monday night with DeMar Hamlin. We hope he is okay. Thoughts and prayers to him, absolutely. Um, I never really experienced something like that watching a game. It was it was pretty scary. Um, I don't know, were, you, were you guys watching live or just seeing updates on Twitter and stuff? I, uh, I I came into the game a little late and just saw it was suspended and then saw what happened. And the the one comment that I had is I, I think everyone's treating all of the TV personalities around there a little too harshly. Like I, could you imagine being that situation? And like ESPN doesn't know what to do. And they're just trying to like go to commercial and just trying to, I was on Twitter and it was all just like negative stuff. And it's like, man, this is, it would be so hard to be sitting in like ESPN's thing. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is terrible and we have no plan around it. So, I mean, I just feel for everybody involved, obviously the guy the most, but like every single piece of that, that is just, it should have been a, and a very exciting night of football and for something that's scary to happen instead is brutal. Yeah. I, the ESPN handled it as well as they could have other than like at first, uh, I don't know her name. Susie was sitting there between uh, Adam and, and Booger McFarlane. And she was just like, Oh, like how do you even focus after something like this? And this was right after they'd announced they were doing CPR on them. And it's like, right. the players aren't thinking about the game. Like, what are you mm. talking about? And it was also, I, I think a lot of people have said this, but it was like crazy seeing the players so upset. Yeah. Like even in the Tua situation, um, or the, what's the, who's the Donald Parham? Or Kevin like, Ware. You remember that? I do remember that. But that was like, oh, his leg, you know, yeah. it wasn't a life or death thing. But the players weren't even like, crying we saw stefan diggs crying josh allen i think i saw some tears like a lot of the players are crying it's like wow they must have like something must really be going on yeah i did see something luckily today though that they said kind of the three major factors for how um how, how you come back from something like this is your age your kind of like general health and how quickly cpr was administered um and the fact that he's 24, a professional athlete, and had CPR right on the scene was pretty much, you know, as, I mean, obviously not a lucky situation, but that's that's post that, that's as lucky as you can kind of get. So that's all good, and hope he's better yeah. soon. Hoping for the best. The hospital, the 50-yard line of a primetime game is the best place for that to happen. And, and this isn't even on anybody's minds right now, but – I. It, thinking of just when this happened and the context of what happened, I have no idea what they're going to do in the NFL. And and I don't know that they really know. I don't know if there's going to be games this weekend. Like I, like are the bills expected to play this weekend? I can't imagine like it's, but, but it's at such a, at such a time in the season where if, if I were them, I, I, you know, push it off or, or something, but I just can't imagine what they're even trying to do in the NFL offices. Cause anything you do right now is not, I'm, I'm just thankful. I don't make those decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, I was seeing I, everybody being so critical. I was like, no one's offering answers here. Like this is such yeah. a tough situation. And, and I think if you're, I, if you are that person, you should just listen to the players. Yeah. If, yeah absolutely. Play, yeah. If the the decision needs to come from the players. Like what Ryan Clark was saying, it's like the players have the power here. They need to big time. Exactly. Um, of course, we, we hope Demar gets healthy and things are back to normal. Um, we're going to try and do a little NFL podcasting like we typically do. Um, so we'll jump in, into that. But, uh, of course, thoughts and prayers with Demar and his family and everything like that. I think that goes for the three of us. Uh, we didn't purposely go on a two-week hiatus. The two weeks the Eagles fell apart and jeopardized their entire <laughs> <laughs> It just kind of happened that way. Um yeah, I'm worried. <laughs> Are you worried? So I actually didn't get to watch either of these games. I watched the Cowboys one back the next morning on recording because it was Christmas Eve. I was doing Christmas Eve stuff. It wasn't with my family. It was up in my girlfriend's family. So they weren't Eagles fans. Um, so watch that one back. Great game. I, I said this before. The Cowboys are a pretty good team, too. You know, Gardner Minshew played it as good. He threw two picks. One was probably his fault and had a fumble that was his fault. So it was a turnover battle that the Eagles lost. The Saints game, I was flying. And at halftime, I took off and I realized that we were down 13 nothing. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I landed and checked and we had lost. And I didn't watch any of it. I, I went, this is disgusting. Like, I can't. 
<laughs> I can't go back and watch that. We need Hurts back. Word is he will be back. Josh Sweat also got hurt in the game. He'll be okay, is apparently the word. But yeah. Didn't Lane Johnson go down too? He's down, but he's coming back for the playoffs, which is why the bye is really essential and we need to beat the Giants this week. If I were you, yeah. Sean, I'd be even more excited because clearly this shows that Jalen Hurts is no system quarterback, right? Well, I was wanting you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I, really thought that Gardner Minshew would step in and that they would at least beat the Saints. I mean, I mean, I think the Cowboys game was kind of more or less, you know, what you would expect, but the Saints, man. So I, I think that this, in my mind, gives Jalen Hurts definitely – we, we've talked about that his dual threat ability really changes the math for some teams trying to play defense against them, but I don't think as significantly as we probably gave him credit for. So this is my uh, this is my small Jalen Hurts apology. I still think he's second for MVP, but he's definitely way more important to that offense and team than I think yeah. I was willing to give him credit for two weeks ago. I think, unfortunately, he doesn't have a shot at MVP anymore because of, he's missed these two games. Um and you know the best availability is a is sorry the best ability is availability, and yes. that's often what determines MVPs is if you play enough games, and, especially at uh, critical times in the season. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and say he he needs to win it. I think he proved that he is so essential to the Eagles' success by doing nothing. <laughs> by doing nothing, he proved. Um. But yeah, any any other teams you want to highlight before we go into a little New Year's resolution? New England's in a win and in situation. So are the yeah. Titans. So are the Titans. Very exciting. The, the Titans have <laughs> lost six straight. We've lost six straight. We have no Ryan Tannehill. Our <laughs> our entire secondary is injured. Um, but this year, th- this week is the first week where we're actually coming back. We basically took went on a bye week against the Cowboys last week. Um, and we needed to to get healthy. Uh, so we have Josh Dobbs, Tennessee legend Josh Dobbs coming in. Is he starting this week? Him. He will be, yeah. So I guess Rabel's done with Malik. That's ridiculous. Has Malik been that bad? Yes. Uh, he's he's super athletic. Uh, and- uh, one from like zero being Mac Jones. And- <laughs> he hasn't thrown for 100 yards yet, I think in three games. Ooh. Yeah, so that was really adorable. holding on to. He he like cannot read defenses yet, and hopefully he'll be able to figure that out. But yeah, also throwing the ball like you don't know where it's gonna fucking go. It is all over the place. It is. I, I cringe when he throws it. But he's athletic. He's he's very like Lamar esque in some ways. So maybe it's a bit that you need to see in off season if he's gonna be your guy to build this. Well, I don't think they were ever drafting and thinking that they would have to play him this year. I think the yeah. goal was to sit him for a while. So, yeah, I get it. You, we need to build an offense around him like the Ravens did with Lamar. Like, he will not work in this kind of – I we, we basically have an Iowa type of offense. But I was I mean, going to say, it's, wouldn't it's, this offense be the kind that he could fit into that's so predicated on the run? If we were running read options, if we were running RPOs, then it'd be great with Derrick Henry, but we don't do that for whatever reason. I you know, know why. Had- but that's not necessarily a personnel choice. That's more. No, a- that 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 is a personnel choice in our offensive why? coordinator. Right, like Skyler, they need oh. that. Big, <laughs> they need that big physical receiver that can run that hard slant on the outside, like AJ Brown. All right, all right, AJ Brown would be years, great. Years, no, Traylon Burks is literally a, a power slot. He is the guy. He is. I am so excited about him. I think like he is the next best alternative to AJ Brown. Um. Like I'm very, I think he is going to be a top ten, possibly top five receiver in two or three years if he can stay healthy. Which he that is a ridiculous claim. What top five wide receiver in the NFL? Are you kidding me? Sky's the limit. It's his rookie year. He's played like think about how many young great receivers there are right now. Holy shit! I know. So we, but we don't know who's going to excel. Justin Jefferson. Second year. What if Justin Jefferson is a like a Michael Thomas? where his ankle acts up and he doesn't play for four years. If the claim is that every receiver that's better than him is going to explode, then yes. Get injured. (laughs) Get injured. Okay, but there are still five slots. We don't know what's going to happen. In three years, y'all will see. All right. In three years when this podcast is worldwide and we – and we go back into the archives to pull this up, we'll see where Traylon Burks ranks. 
GP might need some sessions because you can only be a good receiver if the ball's thrown to you. <laughs> so. I I'm not saying that we're gonna have a quarterback. I that that is the limiting factor is the Titans refuse to have a good quarterback. So. Um, yeah, and I am uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the Patriots here. They really have the worst offense in the NFL. Probably it's so bad to watch that it actually makes me want to throw up on myself. Um, but man, is the defense exciting? And every single young guy that we get who is too slow or too whatever, it's just the classic Belichick. Like they end up being one of the best in the NFL. Kyle Duggars looked so good. Uche started to look really really good. You know, we're just we're just finding gems in place. All of the Joneses, the various I think we have three corners with the last name Jones. You also <laughs> you have get a mixed up. What? You also have a quarterback with that name. And a court a lot of keeping up with the Joneses. Christian Barmore is uh is back out there and was an absolute game wrecker last week. I, I I'm excited to see what a team that's entirely built around a defense can do. Um, and then the flip side of that is like Mac Jones was good last year. I don't know what the hell happened, except I do. And it's Matt Patricia. Um, but at what point can they kind of get back to that? Um, Kendrick Bourne hasn't been playing much and he's probably the most electric person we have on the offense. Um, you know, Ramondre is good. What? Sorry. I said Stevenson's been pretty banged up. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of issues on offense. Offense has been terrible. Um, but you know, winning in situation, and then who knows what can happen in the playoffs. It's always exciting. So, uh, but Sean, I believe there's a uh, hypothetical that we had on on the line here for an NFL. Well, this one isn't so much a hypothetical; it's just a little fun segment. I don't know if you guys do New Year's resolutions. I try to. Mostly, it's just like getting back in the gym, sort of thing. <laughs> I'm not, I don't. I don't reinvent the wheel. I keep them pretty simple. But uh, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Mine is to finally start my Etsy business. <laughs> lots of scarves <laughs> i've been um, crocheting like a madman right <laughs> um i think there's a lot of quarterbacks right now in the nfl that probably need to look at themselves and have a new year's resolution i've got some we can if you guys have some we can bring up but um i'll just start off i think a good one is uh aaron Rodgers. what should aaron Rodgers' new year's resolution be pair less dmp and more weed like he just needs to lighten up <laughs> Find a girlfriend. See more need. Find a girlfriend. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, what about Russell? Are the Packers are in a winning in? They got flexed to no. Sunday night. So are the Bucks. Just Rodgers and Brady. Bucks are in actually. Bucks but, are in already. Yeah. But but Rodgers and Brady. They're inevitable all season. Are the Packers winning in? Or I thought yep. another team has to lose. No, against the Lions on Sunday night. Ooh. I think, I think I think that's an again uninformed take, but I think I think Rogers' New Year's resolution should be to move to like a weird city, like go to a natural city. Like Green Bay, fit in more. Green Bay isn't weird though. Green Bay is just like Wisconsin farmland. I've Maybe Seattle. Hearing some like Seattle. chatter of him to Tampa, if, right. if Brady ends up leaving or retiring or whatever, um, that that's just going to become the home for retiring hall of famers but I, I like that idea because i think he still has tons of juice in the tank um and that the packers front office has has really uh has really failed him which is run by a uh former theta kai brother by the way really sure is mark murphy from colgate oh yeah. uh what about russell wilson <laughs> i wrote that russell wilson just needs to shut the fuck up <laughs> like everything he says is bad and i i've started to feel bad for him because there are actually bad people in the nfl like people forget that alvin kamara curb stomped guy in an elevator uh and russell wilson is not i don't think he's a bad person but he keeps doing weird stuff that gets he's the media the to dislike him well i think he's a little fake I think that's his biggest crime. Well, it's kind of always the super cheesy, like overly religious family man where you're like, eh, no, but that's the whole thing. It lacks like any semblance of a human element to it. You're like, I don't connect with this guy. Like, he's just like, like, this is all a show. Like, this is all weird. You know, that's how I yeah. feel about it. I, In I your guys' opinion, uh, how much of their failures are Russell's fault and how much of them are Hackett's fault? 
think Hackett was pretty Hackett bad. Sucks. Hackett sucks. I think the Broncos just suck. <laughs> like, everything <laughs> about it just sucks. It was a bad GM move to pay him that much. Everything about it just sucks. I, My- I am looking forward to him with a proper OC. Like, I think that like, – I agree. Is he going to listen? Yeah, I think he will. Listen to Pete Carroll. This might be the this might be the humbling he needed. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, that's what my New Year's resolution for him was long being humbled. I think he should shop only at like normal grocery stores, like where I shop, Giant, Walmart. Like, get out of this weird because he's he acts like he's never took stepped a foot in like public, like in normal, <laughs> or had a conversation with somebody that actually. It's what was cool. the other thing that the, that he has an office? He's the only player with an office at the Broncos yeah. facility. Um, and the players were kind of defending him on that, but I'm like, no, I'm sorry. No, like you shouldn't want that. If you're a Russell Wilson, yeah, you should so want awful. to be a man of the people. You should want to be. I want to be in the locker room. Of course. That's the whole point. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, Sean, that's a good way of putting it. Go shop at Russ dress for less. Right. Exactly. Drip for less Ross. <laughs> um, Carson Wentz. Grow your virginity bag. <laughs> I, I didn't um, even have one for him. Like, he just sucks. I, will he <laughs> ever he be do? a starting quarterback in the NFL again? I don't think he yeah. will. Yeah. Because the only the teams that get him. Watch the Titans sign him. <laughs> the Titans, actually, that's a good point. Titans need a quarterback. I was thinking the only two teams that really need him that would, like are at his level that would take him are the Commanders and the Colts, and he's already tried them. <laughs> like, well, that's yeah. what I'm wondering is is the use case for him was this kind of, okay, is he, he's good enough that we can just plug and play him and he's better than the alternative, and that has been arousing incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how many more teams could possibly be willing to take that gamble until maybe he just kind of goes the Trubisky way. And gets picked up as like a a backup for a much better established quarterback, and just try to rehab his career from there. But man, what does his contract look like? Like, how long is he making twenty five mil a year? Is he still, or did he get bought out at one point? No, I don't think he's been bought out. I think he's still on that ridiculous contract. He's still getting paid, which is why he probably won't go anywhere. But mine for him is just like go to go to a local dive bar. You know, go to a brewery on the weekend. I know. like I like the approach you took here, Sean. This is <laughs> like join join a running club. Like get some get some hobbies where you where you learn how to interact with people, and maybe people will like you, and you can maybe become a backup quarterback for the next fifteen years. Because the number one skill that backup quarterbacks have is everybody likes them. Likeability. That's and he sure. doesn't have that. No, I like the dive bar idea too, because I think that's kind of moving towards the, like you know he's he's too uh, him and Russell Wilson are kind of cut from the same cloth there. Go uh, go be a man of the people, like go right. go roll around in filth. All right, what about Lamar Jackson? I think he needs to hold out and not play until the Ravens stop screwing around on his contract. I think what they want to do is they just want to franchise tag him until his knee blows up. And then it's like, oh, they're off the hook. Uh, And I wouldn't expect anything less from an organization whose franchise player is basically OJ Simpson. Um, (laughs) But I think he needs to stand up for himself and, and hopefully he can get the money he deserves. You guys are cracking me up today. (laughs) The break was good for the, (laughs) for the comedic parts. (laughs) <laughs> um mine's mine on the same rides like get your bag lamar know your worth but i i don't love the be your own agent thing i think maybe he's he's trying to do too much i think he should learn to delegate a little bit you know delegate. yeah i think his family is very involved like i think his his mom does a lot of the the agent work so hopefully she can yeah which is never good just because they're now. sitting in the room and you, you know that conversation's got to be awkward it's like well we think you're worth this much and usually they say that to the agent <laughs> and <then laughs> the agent counters and stuff and instead they're like hey we love you you are a franchise quarterback you're the best but you do have these faults and that's why we're going to pay you <laughs> well and then I, I think the other piece of that too is i was confused as to why he stopped negotiating and then i because i didn't realize he was working as his own agent and i was like oh because he's like i need to focus on football i was like yeah. why, why, which why, good why, for why, him by the way agent's gonna go do but no he's having all these fucking conversations himself it's ridiculous like right. I, but yeah i mean don't don't 
know your worth, Lamar. Don't take less than the molester. <laughs> yep, exactly. Jesus, that rhymed. All right, Daniel Jones. I have a good one for him. Mine is, mine is invent a time machine and stay in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> and just keep replaying 2022. Because <laughs> I don't know if he can replicate this. I I think that Daniel Jones has gotten a bad rep because of how many different offensive play callers he's been passed around to. He still does not have a good receiving core. He still does not have a good supporting cast, but he got Dable, and apparently that's been enough to get them into the playoffs. I don't see how the Giants can move on from him this upcoming year. Well, they can't. They definitely so, can't. So if I'm Daniel Jones, um, <clears throat> I'm just I'm I'm waiting around for upgrades, and I'm gonna ride out the first little piece of stability that he's ever had in his in his sad little career. So his resolution is to do absolutely nothing differently. Yeah, just Keep like nothing differently. I kind of like that one even better than the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> don't change try to stay exactly the same <laughs> don't change come on pal um okay two more here um, which Eve needs one for for dj for dj for daniel jones uh, uh, uh yeah just do the same, i guess yeah, yeah, i do don't not. know i don't have anything for daniel jones do right. the same all right kyler murray <laughs> grow a few inches and throw out your xbox <laughs> yeah I was gonna say well, maybe he should do more Xbox. Like, maybe he <laughs> should just pursue we Call of Duty. His problem might be not enough Call of Duty. Yeah. Yeah, I think he should just uh, follow his passions. <laughs> Become a Twitch streamer. Yeah, Twitch streamers make a lot of money. And so, what are your guys' actual thoughts on Kyler? Is he a franchise quarterback? Yes. I I think this is going to be like the the Wentz contract situation all over again. Uh, he hasn't proven he can win in the playoffs. His teammates don't like him. Um, he just seems like a bitch. All in all, I mean, it's... I'd say the devil's advocate of that conversation is, though, we're having the conversation about whether or not he can perform in the playoffs as a player this... as a, as a quarterback this young. A conversation we haven't even been able to start having about people like Justin Herbert. Um I would argue that his talent, the talent around him is not bad, but it's also not out of this world. Um, and I think we might have a kind of like Zach Taylor situation here where the players may be propping up the coach a little too much who probably should have been fired but can't because of their success. Um, but I think that there's a lot of incredibly obvious shortcomings. So I don't know. It's one of those really weird <laughs> shortcomings. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, did that on purpose. I don't want to hand this guy $40 million a year um, but I also, if I'm Arizona, I don't know if I can just let our former number one overall pick who hasn't played like badly to that billing necessarily. I, I don't know if I can let him walk, would you guys let him walk? No, I think there's a lot of I factors that you already there, so I won't go, I won't go back through them. But I think you look at him, he's one of the most dynamic athletes in the entire NFL, yes, and it's hard to let that go. I think he was overrated which is hard to say it's somebody this young, but I think he was overrated where people thought he was when in fact he needs a little more development before he's really ready yeah. for that step. Because off of pure ability, this is the hard part with him, is he going to get better? Because off of pure ability, that's a pretty good quarterback. Now can he continue to grow? What's yes. The- what can he do better though? Like what – Hey, he's too defense. small. You're not great at that. He can't yeah. see anything. Like, how is he supposed to read what he can't see? Well, I, he can put some stilettos on his cleats, all right? They'll figure it out. No, but I mean... I, I, <laughs> I mean, Drew Brees made it work. Like, there... Yeah. Bryce team. Young is five like nine, and he's about to be the number one pick. No, but Let's Tyler see. is five... I think he's five seven. Like, he's yeah. shorter than I am. Like, that is... Uh, that's short. Drew, Drew Brees yeah, but, was six feet. No, Drew Brees is like 5'10", 5'11", but still, still. I mean, an extra three, I got, you know what I would do for an extra three inches, man. It's, ugh. All right. Three inches where? Everywhere. Tom Brady. What should Tom Brady's New Year resolution be? A new family. Stable investment. (laughs) Somebody to love. I think he's totally fine. (laughs) I think the FTX investment was a bad decision, but I think – Getting rid of Giselle was actually a good decision because think about it. She's in her 40s. She's not getting any younger. She got rid of Giselle. She got rid of him. 
Okay, that's what it looks like. <laughs> I think I think he could have retained her, but he picked football for another year. And part of that, I think, was to get rid of Giselle. I have a oh theory. My God, this is such a take. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, mine was going to be, uh, you know, figure out when you're done, man. Like, have a hard stop. You want to play one more year? Well, that's okay. But like, you saying lay it out, let people know. <laughs> Like, look at your next, put a five-year plan together. Sure. All right? Let's put a five-year plan together. And let's figure out what we're doing here. I was thinking the other day because I, you know, I, I love I love playing Madden. And I love doing the franchise modes. And for the last, I think, probably 12 years, the year, the next year, Brady retires. Yeah. <laughs> they have nothing programmed into the game to be like, this guy is going to keep playing. But he just keeps going. Right, uh, right. Two questions for you guys off the Brady thing. Yeah. Um, the first one is how many more years do you realistically think he has? And the second is, does he finish his career in Tampa Bay? I'm going to say realistically, he, he might have one more playoff run in him. And I think it might be this season. He might beat the Cowboys in the first round because he's a Cowboy killer. But I don't think he's making the Super Bowl this year. I don't think they're that good. And then you think uh, he's done? I think he's going to keep playing. And I think he's going to go somewhere else but I don't think it's a good idea. Sure. Throw out some I, hot take teams. I'd love I to think, hear some hot take teams. I think father time is starting to finally get Tom Brady. Like he's he, played, like statistically, he's looked fantastic all year. He's missed a lot of throws that Tom Brady does not miss. That's true. But it, that's but, almost, it's not for lack of juice, which is what you would think for a But the other thing is, though, he was never a mobile quarterback. And of course, <laughs> the... the <laughs> Of course, the NFL is becoming this more dynamic quarterback scramble and stuff like that. He is just a sit, and if the pocket's collapsing, he doesn't wait anymore. He doesn't take the hit. He just he, falls. He throws it. He throws an incomplete pass. Like, that's all he does now. He doesn't – like, when he was with the Patriots, when he was a mobile quarterback, he would stand in there and make the throw at the last second and put on – and get clobbered. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're not willing to do that anymore as a man that can't move – like Big Ben, like maybe it's time to let it go. How many teams would would a forty six year old Tom Brady be an improvement for at quarterback right now? Uh, off the top of my head, he could probably go to like ten teams. I don't know. Right. I mean, so that's what I'm saying is I totally agree with. Ten you, teams Brady. want him. Do ten teams want him? No, no. I think they'd rather go youth youth direction. Would ten teams rent him for a potential playoff run? Teams like Washington. Teams like Indianapolis, who might actually be past their little championship window. I think Indianapolis, I think, if they know what's good for them, they should be done with being the retirement location. Um, rebuild. They got to rebuild. I think yeah, they're going to start over. Command all, their, uh, be, all their young guys on rookie deals are not on rookie deals anymore. Yeah. I think Seattle would be an interesting place for Brady. Um, just looking at what they have. What about Miami, so. if they're going to try to move on from Tua and they want to, they want to give give Brady the best weapons of his career since the since Randy Moss and Wes Welker, like that. Are cool. they going to move on Miami. from Tua, who's having like a, a near MVP season before his fifteenth concussion? Well, yeah, it'd be tougher to move on from him this year, that's for sure. But um, um, I mean, who knows what's down the stretch? Because if they are, are they they're going to miss the playoffs in all likelihood, right? I think if they win and something, I don't know. They win but, and a couple other people. I, I think they have a chance. Um, I know Giselle got the Miami house they were building. So that makes it. <laughs> That's nice, Jeeb. Um, last thing there. I could see Jerry Jones going full Jerry Jones <laughs> and taking Tom Brady in as the quarterback. I could see the that. Dallas Cowboys. Somehow, some way, getting him in. And I don't know if they keep Dak and it's like, hey, Tom, you get the fourth quarter. <laughs> like you have you wheel out tom on a on a on a stretcher each game and then come out and <laughs> i mean could you see a world where dak has kind of a pretty uh uh pretty ex explosively uh, terrible playoff game and, and sure. we're done we'll trade him off we'll get all we can and i mean jerry jones could do it i mean the man's the man is literally throwing picks to defensive ends so i mean like he he's not a I could easily see people being like, all right, I don't want Dak anymore. <laughs> I think at a certain point it comes down to uh to to playoff play because he's he's been at this level his whole career and has had very good teams and has not been able to get over the hump. Um 
So I definitely will have to ask uh loud and uninformed super fan, Russell Cooper, whose birthday's Friday. Happy birthday, Russell. Enjoy your happy birthday, Russell. Um, but we'd have to ask him what his opinions are, but I have to imagine that if they can't get out of the first round again, there's going to be some, some rumors swirling. Probably. And couldn't you see Jerry Jones being like, Hey Tom, I can see doing it from a marketing perspective. Having Tom in the, in the silver and blue is probably means more to him than whatever the outcome of that season is. Absolutely. So for today's hypothetical, also, we're going to do a little fan contest. If you can come up with a better name for this segment that we're going to do every week, the hypotheticals, um, we will happily take in your submissions and possibly name it after your choice. So I'll put up a poll on the Instagram and maybe Twitter as well. Um, and we'll see what we get. I think that could be a fun little thing. And to the winner, you will get a prize. I don't know what the prize is. I think the prize should just be validation from the host because clearly that's what our fans are after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, so our hypothetical today, who do you think will be the face of the NBA and the NFL? We'll do both leagues in the year 2032. 10 years. from now. All right. I can start if you'd like, or no GB you start. Uh, NBA. I don't, I don't. I think Giannis will probably still be amazing. I I have no idea. NFL. I wrote down. I'm just gonna read you the list. What I wrote down. Okay, Justin Herbert. I think that's very realistic. Brock Purdy. You know, it's kind of a, a hot take, but we'll see. Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, you have to look at college quarterbacks. I think ten Definitely. years down the road. So we're looking at Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning. Stetson Bennett, that's that's comic. That's like comedy. I, I don't – that's not an actual thing. Jeeb, how many faces are going to be the face of the NFL, man? I'm, I'm just so, – I'm going through potential because we don't know. We can only have one. Uh, George Pickens, the wide receiver, although realistically <laughs> the wide receivers who are going to be the face of the NFL are – Wait, wait, what about, just, what about Traylon Burks? I thought Traylon that. Burks is probably retired at that point. Um. <laughs> Drake May. And then I Holmes, he'll be what, 37, 38? Like he's he's so good though. Maybe he'll still be playing. Tom Brady. <laughs> That's funny. Well, maybe TO's making a comeback. He'll probably still be around. Saying he's gonna play. <laughs> yeah, so of the current of the current NFL quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes will be 37. I mean, I think at that point he'll probably be pretty solidly in the goat debate. Um, so if he's still playing, I would argue that, that that would make him the face. Like, do we call LeBron the face of the NBA right now? And that he's just starting I, to change guard. I think he still is. So I, I think that if that's kind of the barometer of what we're going for, that the odds on favorite, at least in my head would be Patrick Mahomes. Um, the other one, Justin Herbert will be 34. Um, no. I mean, so I, he, won't, he won't have been a starter for five years at that point. um but yeah i i think i think of the college quarterbacks quinn ewers probably has the best chance out of all of those guys um just because it really hasn't been great quarterback prospects in the last few years um i don't really trust lamar to stay healthy that long i don't really trust kyler to have that kind of like efficiency at every single different stage i don't really trust jalen hurts to be good deep into his 30s um, so for football and assuming that it's going to be a quarterback, I'd say probably Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes are the best two guesses. Um, and then for basketball, basketball is a little Let me easier. Do my NFL. Let me no, do my you NFL. do NFL first. Go for it. So mine are Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, and Jordan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, who's the third one? Jordan Davis on the defense. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I'm kidding. Like, I'm I don't kidding. know if you're kidding or not. I'm not 100% convinced that you aren't serious. I'm not. I, I actually, I really wanted to put Hertz in there, but I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I chose <laughs> three you. guys. I chose three guys. Mahomes, I think, like Skyler said, will be on his way out. Like it might be his last year, but I think he'll be the face of the NFL sort of thing. But then I like Drake Mays. I think he's an interesting quarterback. They'll have it. And then Archie Manning has the Manning name. How can he not yeah. be one of the faces if he's still in the league? Like if he makes it and he's a starter in the league. 
He's got the Manning name. Like he will be a face of the NFL. Arch Manning is starting in the NFL 10 years from now. That is a good point. But I don't know what the odds are that of happening. But um, <clears throat> I think they're pretty good. I'm at, I, I, I think those were, those were pretty good, except for, you know, George Pickens, Stetson Bennett. That, that was a joke. Bo- both of those were jokes. For were, they, were they, Jeep? Were they, Jeep? Well, Stetson Bennett definitely was. George Pickens mostly was. Football is a little harder, though, because these guys that are already in the NFL, which is really the only way that you can be sure that they're going to be good in the NFL if they're good in the NFL, because we've seen bust after bust after bust. Um, sure. Even guys that we thought the year before were going to be, you know, we I remember last year we were talking about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud as like the obvious one, too. And now it's not like that anymore. Um, so NFL yeah. is tough. Uh, but for the NBA, it's at least a little more linear because uh, arguably one of the best players on the planet right now is 23, and that's Luca. So I would have to imagine that at 33 years old, Luca, deep in his prime, will be the face of the NBA. Um, but if we all believe what we've constantly said about Victor Wembanyama, he will be 29 at that point, probably at the peak of his powers. Um, and if he's everything he's he's been cracked up to be so far, it could it could easily be him too. I had Luca, but I think the one part is that, you know, and and the NBA is very international facing. So I think he will be like the international face of the NBA. Like him and Giannis will probably be those. Embiid, of course, will be NBA commissioner at that point. Of course. Uh, running the best league. See, but he's he's top international, but you're forgetting he's a white guy. People in America love that kind of stuff. <laughs> All right, but Serbian, no issue. Yeah, but, um, yeah, you're right. Eastern white people. Yeah. Um, but uh all jokes, joking, joking, joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but I think Luca there. I think Tatum will probably Tatum. be as strong as much as it pains me, but I hope he like moves to the Lakers or something by that point. So I don't have to yeah. Jaw. I don't, I don't have no. And then for the same reason I have Arch Manning, if Bronny James becomes an NBA player, he's got true. he's LeBron James' kid. It's That's just true. passing the baton of the face of the NBA, and you know he's he's groomed for. It. He knows exactly what to do as the face of the NBA because his dad is on speed dial. For I don't NBA. know. I think it's a little, a little different in the NBA just because there's a clear cut like first option, second option, third option, and. <laughs> No, Kawhi, Kawhi was like one of the best players in the league, like easily considered a top three player for, I don't know, five years there. And he was not close to being a face of the league. Yeah, you're saying from like an entertainment standpoint. From a marketing. Yeah. A marketing. Like, like we're calling like AI the face of the league in the early 2000s, even though he was right. definitely not the best player there. But the Duncan is a top 10 player all time. Duncan is certainly he not the face of the Never the face of the NBA. Sorry, Russell. But he won all those chips, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Tim Duncan is a lot be- is very underrated historically. Who? Uh, Tim Duncan. Oh yeah, where do you put him? Probably. I, I don't know, but like I have him at for sure. And all I'm gonna say is that he has five rings, and LeBron has four, and probably isn't gonna get a fifth. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not making any claims, Bronny- but. When Bronny and and uh, LeBron are playing together in 2032 for a new franchise started out at Akron, Ohio, named yep. the named the LeBrons. Yeah, didn't he want to buy the Suns and join? The... Did he? Like That'd I saw cool. something on the internet. He's like, oh yeah, I'm hoping the or he was trying to get out of the Lakers contract so that he could buy a portion of the Suns and then just go play there and draft Bronny and. Do all that because the Suns owner is selling. Sold. Sold. Okay. Well, I guess that's off the table then. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you can't do it anymore. But no, the, 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 definitely some interesting names to float around there. Um, a good, a good like New Year's episode here. I kind of like the resolutions. I kind of like looking into the future. You yeah. Know, when you start the year, you're you're looking forward. It's time to bury what was happened in 2022. I didn't get dunked on in a pickup basketball game. That's in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward. That's not going to happen. This play year. A, did you play a pickup basketball game this year? Um, I, well, I don't remember anymore because I'm moving past no that. No memory of it. 2023. <laughs> Just like I have no memory of the Eagle Saints game because I was in a plane, so it never happened. Oh, I play my uh, I play my first men's league basketball game this Sunday, and I am okay. excited. 
do you know people like did you join a random thing or do you know most of your teammates it was uh like some of christine's family friends who are considerably older than me um oh, okay. like, a team and texted me it's like in falls church probably right by where you used to live sean but oh yeah uh yeah hey i'm i'm excited i'm gonna i'm gonna go out there with double arm sleeves double leg sleeves i was gonna get a tattoo on my neck just for this so that i look intimidating has your your high school retired number yet oh yeah it's up there in the rafters oh okay that's what i thought yeah they actually retired the whole basketball team because they realized that no one as good as me was gonna come through those doors (laughs) and with that we're gonna end this episode here (laughs) fun chatting guys as always thanks to the listeners um we're hoping to i think the the metric said that we're going to grow four times in 2023 that we were <laughs> oh we yeah got- good uh good resolutions for the podcast yeah i i'm i hope that we get three times the average listeners per episode would be my goal i hope for four times which would, which would be which would be one million listeners yeah we're at we're sitting at 250k right now <laughs> I would like the podcast to start a vlog so that I can write down all my thoughts and everybody, the world can see it. I, I don't think that would be good for you, George. So I Jeeb, think it'd be great. Jeeb, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Nobody's stopping you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited for the first uh, Athletic Greens sponsorship that we get. Yeah, that'd be good. Should I be think- any day. No, I think we're going to have to go for the low balling ones and like sell our morals and be like cigarette salesmen. Sold. <laughs> yeah, I'll pedal Marlboros. I have no problem with that. Hey, <laughs> hey kids, ever heard of organic uh, vapes? They're paper and they're full of tobacco. <laughs> Do you like the taste of blue raspberry? Do you like the head rush that you get when you hold your breath for 20 seconds? Do I have the product for you? <laughs> All right, all right. Let's wrap it up here. Wait after sex. <laughs> all right, all right. I hope you do Um, okay. I hope you guys have a good night. Thank you for the listeners once again. Bye, listeners. Thank you. Bye. See you, Russell. Have a great